0: You're listening to episode 46 of the Urban Yogi podcast featuring Taylor Johnson. Taylor Clark Johnson is an advocate for the healthy masculine. He helps coach men and women in sex, business, and purpose. He's the founder of TaylorJohnson.life, and he has an upcoming semen retention course which you can sign up for on his mailing list at TaylorJohnson.life. I hope that you enjoy our interview today. We spoke about everything from butt plugs to semen retention, and this dude is an amazing guy. Super, super grateful to have sat down with him on the podcast. Enjoy. very cool man okay i pressed record i'm I'm here with taylor clark johnson i came across his profile on instagram and he was talking about butt plugs and he was talking about sexuality and he was talking about semen retention and these are all things that i've been practicing and so i was like i've got to get this guy on my podcast and i'm so happy that he said yes so hi taylor Um, do you want to maybe start with butt plugs I just uh, I sang at the Sacred Sexuality Music Festival here in Vancouver, and uh, I was asked to write a song about butt plugs. Yeah, so, uh, yeah. So I ended up uh, writing a song. I got a, a beautiful uh, Indian jade butt plug from chakrabs.
1: Mm-hmm. and
0: uh, do you, you have a black one. Is that from chakrabs? It is. Yeah. Nice, nice. Yeah. So, uh, for the audience, what are some benefits of the butt plug for men?
1: What are some benefits of the butt plug for men? Uh, um, Gosh, there are a lot. Um, Personally, I'll just speak from my own personal experience first. um, Part of the body for me has opened me up to a whole new world of pleasure that I didn't know existed. Beforehand, and it was interesting to to work through all of the the um, the shame and the stories that came up around that, um, and also fear. Like for the record, I'm a heterosexual male, and Mm. you know one of the fears of a lot of heterosexual men out there is that they might be anything but heterosexual. You know, and it's like Mm. the world is going to (laughs) end if that's the you know that's the experience for a lot of these people. So working through that was really it was illuminating to a lot of the programs that I've received from society. And then to realize like, Hey, this is actually just part of my body that feels good aside from any story at all. There was a lot of liberation that came with that.
0: Um, that's awesome.
1: Yeah. And so that's one side of it. And the other side of it is just, it just feels good. You know, like mm. I love stimulation in that area. I love when my partners stimulate me there. I like wearing the butt plug during sex Um mm. And I've found that <laughs> it's a little edgy, but whatever. I've actually, I've meditated sometimes with a butt plug in, uh, and I
0: find that a practice. I have too. That, yeah, I've done Kundalini like, yoga. yoga with it in.
1: Yeah, so I find that that practice really grounds me and brings me into my root and helps me mm-hmm. find more of my foundation on this earth, on just being a human. I think a lot
0: of men are disconnected or pinched off from their root chakra. Totally. And I think uh I think that's one way that we can reconnect is to use the technology of that, especially if it's like a, a jade or an, or like a, a, well yours like an onyx. Mm
1: -hmm. Yeah. If it's like black obsidian,
0: black obsidian. Yeah. Like it's like a gemstone that's been like ethically harvested and it's the intention is there. I mean, it's, it's amazing. Like compared to like, I think when people think butt plug, they think, Oh, like some, from some cheesy sex store and it's made of like, latex or something and i'm sure those do something too but these ones that we have i feel are like next level
1: totally i agree with that i mean i've tried a lot of different ones (laughs) i've (laughs) tried the silicone i've tried the the plastic i don't even know what it is also stainless steel and a couple different types of stone yeah i do like the stone one the best and aside from all the like the esoteric thoughts about it it just it feels good feels the best do you ever wear it during the day (laughs) i've I've, yeah a couple times i've experimented with that and it's really fun to shake hands with somebody or give somebody a hug with with that in and they have no idea you know Uh and it's just it's again for me if i've done that it's an awareness practice to bring to bring awareness out of my head and more into my body and more into my root Mm -hmm. i think that's a really awesome
0: technology to utilize and Always. funny i was teaching a kundalini yoga class a couple weeks ago and i ran into an old friend and i hadn't seen him for ages and he's like i'm coming to your class i'm like that's awesome he's like open my knapsack and there's this little pouch in, in the knapsack he's like open it and i open it and <laughs> there was a butt plug inside he's like i'm gonna wear this to your class bro <laughs> <laughs> nice. and i think uh, kundalini yoga is really conducive for the for the butt plug technology because um have you done a kundalini yoga class a bunch, actually, yeah. Okay, yeah. You know how, like, you do a movement, like spinal flex or something, and at mm-hmm. the end of the movement, you inhale, hold the breath, and then squeeze the pelvic floor and the core. You squeeze the anus, sex organ, navel. So mm-hmm. when you squeeze with that butt plug in, it, like, presses gently against the prostate, giving it a nice little massage. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, it's like, I've been practicing a lot of yoga with that in, and I'm really, really liking it. It feels super good. Nice. But, yeah.
1: More people should do this.
0: <laughs> I know. I think as more and more people own it, like, I think it's it's slow. I mean, I had no idea that this guy was into wearing butt plugs. I hadn't seen him for ages. Like, I think as more of us just feel comfortable expressing what makes us feel good, it'll have a ripple effect. I
1: think cool. it already is. It already is. definitely. You know, it's interesting. <laughs> In my community, I've become the guy that all the guys come to talk to, to share their like, their crazy ejaculation stories or their wild anal stories. And it's, nice. oh. it's awesome. And it's, uh, I really like it. So if you're one of those guys and you've shared a story with me, thank you. It's fun. Yeah. And it's, um, it's inspiring to see the ripple effects that this has had, you know, a number of people that I know have explored butt plugs and anal play because I've been sharing about it and it's, 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 it's exciting.
0: That's really cool. Uh, Can I read a quote that I I got from your, I think it was either your Instagram or your blog? Yeah. I stood naked in front of a mirror and I practiced seeing myself as sexy. I practiced Mm. getting aroused by my own physical body, by my eyes, my arms, my chest, my cock, my legs, my breath, all of my body. I self-pleasured and made love with myself while looking at myself in the mirror and it was intense. Mm. All sorts of societal programming and shame came up for me, but I breathed through it. Ultimately, self-pleasuring in front of the mirror felt amazing and was so fucking liberating. It changed my perspective on myself. I haven't fully figured out how to put words to it yet, but it has changed the way that I walk in the world, from being at the grocery store to being in a business meeting. I thought that was really awesome that you that you wrote about that and that took a lot of bravery to write about that Mm -hmm. and uh i feel like a lot of men want permission to to be able to feel amazing in their bodies Mm -hmm. and uh i teach naked men's yoga and and it's amazing to see people who've been doing it now for several months like they're starting to like walk taller and feel more confident and it's i'm teaching my first naked women's yoga class tonight yeah so it's, it's really cool to see and and so yeah i just i thought that was really Really awesome and that kind of leads into my next question which is what are like do you have like a daily self-love practice that you do and what does it look like
1: yeah Hmm. well first i want to share i got that idea for that practice from my ex-girlfriend who some of y'all watching might know as pussy witch oh yeah Um, pussy witch yeah she's awesome we're not together Mm -hmm. anymore for a variety Mm -hmm. of reasons um but we're still on good terms and cool her all the work that she did with women I I produced a lot of her courses actually because I'm a professional videographer and filmmaker and so I right. watched that content over and over and over again and in that lesson I was like wow I've never known any guy to ever try anything like this and I wonder what it would be like <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and it took me like months to to actually do it it was in the back of my head for a while and um mm. I had to push through a lot to do it but it was worth it it was awesome um and yeah so you asked me what is my daily practice that's the backstory so my daily practice now is as soon as i wake up in the morning i don't look at my phone at all i go immediately grab a glass of water use the bathroom if i have to and then do a 15 minute sexual qigong sequence that i've cool come up with over the past few years that works really well for me what does it look like (laughs) <laughs> what does it look like?
0: Can you demonstrate? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs>
1: okay, but, <laughs> kicked well, off YouTube. <laughs> <laughs> Luckily, it's um I can do it fully clothed. I can do it in public. It okay. might be a little weird in public, but uh it looks at first. It's it's like a waking up. I shake off the energy. You know, do the whole like body tapping thing and cool slam my energy around but then there's some breathing techniques that I do that involve scooping energy up from the earth and squeezing my perineum to lift that energy as well sort of like a pump Mm. and wash it down over myself Um, there are some ones where I kind of do um, I wonder if you can see let's see so I'll wrap uh, sexual energy in sort of like a forceful motion with an inhale like that.
0: Oh, okay, cool. He's bringing his fist just for the podcast listeners. He's bringing his fist oh, by his power. core.
1: Yeah.
0: yeah, it's going to be on YouTube mm-hmm. and iTunes and SoundCloud. But so he's you're bringing your fists and you're you're pump is it sort of pumping the energy of the pelvis,
1: pumping the energy of the pelvis with an inhale, drawing up. And then there's also um, I go into horse stance, which is mm-hmm. you have your knees bent. Um, and if you can get into a right angle, that's great. But if not, that's fine too. And an arms wide just to hold. Cool. That's some of the some of it. It'd be kind of hard to explain without a visual cue, the other mm-hmm. pieces. But it's a combination of rooting and grounding myself on the earth with yeah. drawing my hands mm-hmm. over my genitals up to my heart and and awakening my sexual self as well. Nice. And integrating that and saying, Hey, you know, it's okay to be a sexual being walking on this planet. And it's actually really fucking powerful to own your sexuality and walk around on this planet. Mm-hmm. So that's that's how I like
0: up every day very cool uh, have you heard of christiane northrup
1: Mm-mm.
0: she's um she's a, a doc she's, she's on oprah a lot and and uh, i was grateful to have her on the show and she talks about the high heart and the low heart and mm. and and integrating the two uh connecting the two and uh i was at a, a naked class recently and and the facilitator had us bring our hands to our genitals and then up the midline of the body and then back down and he called it give yourself a heart on you're making a mm. heart so i thought that was really really cool just connecting the two areas um nice yeah so i, I like that really yeah, cool.
1: I've, I've done a fair amount of sexual oh it just glitched hey. it glitched out. yeah so i was gonna say yeah i've done a bunch of sexual qigong practice and a lot of that has a lot of the stuff that I've done has focused on the lower belly. The Dan Tian is being a really big power source. And mm. for me, I've found that that's awesome. And drawing the energy up to my heart and incorporating heart has been a really important part of my practice that, mm. that I haven't experienced as much of in sexual Qigong, that I've experienced more of in Tantra and yoga and that sort of thing. So mm. I personally like to mix, mix the two.
0: Cool. That makes sense. Yeah, me as well. Even in Kundalini Yoga, um, there's a lot of bringing the energy up. And usually it's bringing the energy from the sex organ, navel point, uh, pelvic floor area up to the third eye. But sometimes I like to bring it up to my kidneys or up to my heart, uh, depending on what I feel I need. Um, I wanted to ask you about your course that you have, the five-day semen retention course. Mm -hmm. Um, For you, uh, I watched your video, uh, uh, No Ejaculation for 30 Days. uh, Last night on YouTube, that was really informative. I actually shared it with my men's group. Uh, Because I'm doing a 21 day challenge right now. The the longest I've gone is 78 days without ejaculating, and uh, it was really powerful. It totally changed my life, and Mm. and uh, it's cool to meet more and more men who are also practicing this. Because a lot of people, like I identify as pansexual, a lot of people in the queer community are like, "What are you doing?" Like, you know, uh, the whole reason why we have sex is to ejaculate. I'm like, not always that's just a cultural more in this, in this society, but <laughs> there's a lot of other places where that's not true. Um, so senior sure. retention benefits and also getting and finding willing partners. Like, have you ever had trouble finding a partner who is into this? I guess you, well, obviously your ex-partner was a tantric person herself, but I mean because you're in Asheville, there's more people who are open to this type of thing.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: I'll start with that. <laughs> finding <laughs> a partner piece, you know <clears throat> what would I say to that? <laughs> um, i haven't found a partner who isn't into this. I mean, and I guess you could take it in a couple of different ways, like for me, being able to have sex with a woman, and that's those are the people who I have sex with. Um, having sex with women generally they're not used to having sex with somebody who for whom ejaculation isn't the goal right mm. they're used to having this experience where the, usually the whole sexual act is leading up to this pinnacle point of the guy the person with a penis having an ejaculation and then it's over. right so when so that's they, a commonality between all different
0: types of of people whether it's queer bisexual mm. straight gay whatever it seems like the common thing in our society is to is that peak orgasms are the goal of sex For most people,
1: totally. Totally. And so when they experience somebody, or in my experience, when I'm having sex with them and I'm not going to that ejaculation point and we just keep having sex and then more sex and then more sex, there hasn't been anybody yet that has been like, I'm kind of tired of sex now. Can we stop? Mm. (laughs) You know?
2: Mm -hmm. Now,
1: I will say there are like varying degrees of levels of interest in the underlying energetics of things. Not everybody wants to do breath practices. Not everybody wants to circulate energy.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: And those are the people who I'm generally more interested in connecting with sexually.
0: The ones who do know Um, these practices. Finding
1: those... Yeah, or who are open to these things. Right. Generally... Now, like, I, I screen for that, you know, just in conversation, like, hey, what, what do you do in your life? Yes. <laughs> you know,
0: do you have any practices? Yeah. You know? Cool. And do you find that you meet like a decent number of people who are starting to get into this type of thing?
1: Enough, enough. Yeah. yeah. And being in Asheville helps, you know, there's a mm-hmm. lot of people who do yoga here. And generally, people who do yoga are open to this sort of a thing. Right. Um, I've also gone to a bunch of sex workshops and conferences and usually people there are open to this idea too. Right now I'm actually in a phase of being single and, and loving being single and not pursuing anybody. Nice. Uh, and I've set myself, I'm on relationship moratorium until September. So we'll see what happens then. Um,
0: Does that include no sex whatsoever or just no relationship?
1: Not necessarily. It includes no committed relationship agreements with anybody. Cool. But I'm not actively having sex with anybody right now, anyway.
0: Cool. I wanted to ask you about, um, it seems like you're in your previous life, I know you still do it, you were predominantly a photographer. And are you shifting now to being more of like a, mm-hmm. a sexuality uh, educator, uh, you know, Taoist and tantric educator? And what prompted that shift?
1: Hmm. So you broke up a little bit, but what I think I heard was that you were talking about my transition from being a professional photographer and filmmaker to more of a sex educator.
0: Yes. Yeah. and, And what prompted that
1: shift? What prompted that shift? Got it. Um, so I love taking pictures. I love doing photography. I love filming things. I love, um, creating art, you know, it was a great way to synthesize the creation of art with business to take nice photographs for a big company and have them use it for their marketing. And
0: I saw those ones you did for the kombucha company. Those were really cool.
1: Totally. I've also had big clients like Facebook and Google and hospitals and and all sorts of other big companies like that. And I will say that my semen retention practice helped me get there by being more focused and more clear on my desires and more confident to be able to negotiate contracts and really put myself out there and that sort of thing. Cool. And throughout that process of becoming more clear, I realized that taking nice pictures for big companies is, is nice, but it doesn't really fill me with that deeper meaning of wanting to create a positive change on this planet. And mm-hmm. so I had experienced major shifts in my life from studying Tantra and Taoist sexuality And communication practices, like nonviolent communication. Oh, uh, what's the fellow's
0: name? uh, The the author of that. Um, I can't remember. I was listening to the audio book. Yes. Yeah. It seems like a really good book. I've just been getting into it.
1: Uh, It's awesome. I've taken years of that and it's, it links in with sexuality. amazingly. It's super powerful. So my life has been changed incredibly by that stuff. And it's kind of all I want to talk about and all I'm really interested in. Well, it I'm seems like just,
0: it's a new frontier or a new job description is to be a full-time sexuality educator, to be a full-time yoga teacher where we're sort of paving the way, like it's never been this way before. So it's really okay. ex- an exciting time to be doing this because it is possible now to make a living full-time doing this stuff.
1: It is. And I'm not doing that yet. I'm still supporting myself with photography and video, but I am, cool. I am transitioning. And I would say that, yeah, that that is filling me with deeper meaning. I want to be able to share this stuff with people around the world because I think ultimately sexuality is at the core of a lot of um, disconnect that we're all experiencing in the world because sexuality is so taboo. It's so like put under the rug. We're so not supposed to talk about it, and so many people have such shadow tied up with it that if we really get in there and cultivate a positive sense of sexuality, I do think it can shift the shift our predominant culture in a lot of a lot of ways and that's totally super yeah
0: like just talking about it making it okay to like be out in the open like I, I had a guy I get people emailing me who, who identifies heterosexual as well and like I really want to come to your naked yoga class but like is it going to be like a bunch of gay guys? Am I gonna feel safe? Am I gonna feel like I fit in? Um so I feel like there is this need for all types of orientations to express themselves or to just be in a community and You know, my, my naked yoga is not even about sex. It's just, I think, you know, places like the YMCA used to be naked, just a bunch of naked men up until the seventies and then Mm. it became clothing. So it's like, we've lost spaces in our culture for men to just be naked together. It doesn't have to be sexual. Um, So yeah, I feel like as, as you do the work you're doing, as I'm doing the work I'm doing, it's like giving permission to more people to be their original self, whatever that is and -hmm. feel safe doing it absolutely. And I have to say all the videos that you've uh, created in your website, looks very crisp and that's, it seems like you're using your skills as a photographer to, to make your work in this realm, very professional and very, um, like it makes you want to watch it. Totally. Yeah. So
1: yeah. Good Thanks. job. That's, that's, <laughs> yeah. that's awesome. To hear. And yeah, on the, on the semen retention course that I've built it's mm-hmm. it's ready to go and i was going to release it today but i've been working with a coach actually who over the past week has been saying hey taylor you know this content is amazing and people are going to love it but your marketing sucks uh- <laughs> in terms of like sales page and how i'm presenting it to the world you know so oh. my launch is on hold a little bit while i figure out how to present what's actually inside you know cool because um, I'm really good at filming things, and I'm much better at talking on camera than I used to be, and I can make things look really good. Marketing is, is still new to me. I see. And that's a part of doing the whole transition from being a full-time photographer to, to this stuff too, is figuring out, Oh, what does digital marketing look like if I'm not marketing to Facebook? You know? Yes. Did,
0: did your coach give you any hot tips that you can share with the audience on like how to market this type of thing effectively?
1: Totally. So (laughs) for example, we had a coaching call earlier today and some of the bullet points on my sales page before our call were like, uh, last longer in bed, build your sexual power, um, the, those sorts of things. And he was like, People want to hear about stories, you know, people want to hear about experiences. So, like, paint a picture, right? Paint a picture mm. for these people. So, one thing that I'm not sure exactly how I'm going to word it, but it's going to be something like, when was the last time you're laying in your partner's arms and you're watching the sunrise because you just made love for hours and you feel fucking incredible because you didn't ejaculate and you took that energy in. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That's more impactful than last longer in bed.
0: right? Right. Making it more. Yeah. People do love stories. It's very Aquarian to include a story that's personal, whereas it feels more Piscean to just have the bullet points in uh, Kundalini, we talk about like the transition that happened in 2011 into this new age that we're in. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, so I, that's really cool. I feel like your that really resonated with me what your business coach said.
1: Yeah, so a lot of stuff yeah. like that, which is good and useful. And I'm like revamping awesome. all of
0: it now. <laughs> cool. Well, you'll have <laughs> yeah. to uh, this this uh, your episode will be out in a week or two. So hopefully the course nice. will be up then, and we can always wait, you know, until your course comes out, and then I can I can blast this out onto iTunes and, and YouTube then. Awesome.
1: Cool. It Excellent. should be in a couple of weeks. So I'll definitely awesome. let you know. But there's a sign up on my website now for people who want to be
0: notified. Awesome. Okay, perfect. And your website is beyond ejaculation.com?
1: It's changed. So my new website is uh, www.taylorjohnson.life. Oh, cool. Me.
0: Perfect. Yeah. www.taylorjohnson.life. We'll include that in the show notes. Very cool. Awesome. And then I saw that you went to uh, Ishta. And that's really cool because I dated a woman who went there, and she was amazing. Like, she, she had so much knowledge; such a cool mm-hmm. person. Um, her name was Naomi Primadevi. I don't know if she went at the same time as you, because I think you went more recently. Or have you heard of her? I think uh I from New Zealand.
1: Huh. The name sounds really familiar. I she's met like somebody
0: forty-eight re- now, and she looks like she's like thirty-four. It's crazy. Must be all I've the practices.
1: <laughs> she does. might have met her in Thailand two winters ago.
0: Oh, that yeah. could, that could have been the case. She does travel a lot.
2: Hmm. Yeah. yeah. So, so she
0: first told me about ISTA. Um, tell me like what program you did and what were like some of the hot tips you got out of it.
1: Hmm. So I did my first program back in February and I heard about ISTA two years ago, and I had been, it had been on my radar for a while, and I wanted to do a program, and I kept almost doing it and almost doing it, but it kept not feeling right. Mm. And, and so, just for the
0: listeners, ISTA stands for International School of Temple Arts? Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Is in Tha- Thailand, or it's all over the world?
1: You know, I think it might be originated... Actually, I don't even want to say. I don't know where it originated, but they're all over the world. Trainings happen everywhere. And you did and your so, training in... Costa Rica,
0: Costa Rica. Amazing.
1: The first one I did in Costa Rica. Okay. Um, so I did that in February and it was, I bought my plane ticket two days before the training began because like four days before that, my breakup with Luna, with the pussy, which happened and it was traumatic and chaotic and all that stuff. And I was like, fuck this. I need to go do my own thing, you know? And so I left and I went and it was amazing. And awesome. I got to, I got to grieve and yell and cry and like bask in my own goodness, mm. and, and come back to myself. Really, ISTA is all about, um, and I'm not a facilitator there, but my opinion is ISTA is all about coming back to yourself and coming into personal sovereignty. Cool. And it was so it was so impactful for me that I actually I went back a month later and assisted uh, ISTA training in Georgia. So they're happening in the deep south too of America. Oh, wow. That's amazing. Yeah,
0: very good. And it, looks like,
1: and it looks like I'm probably going to assist one in November in Mexico. Also,
2: mm,
1: I cool. like the organization a lot. I resonate with them, and I'm I'm looking to go deeper with them somehow, some way. I don't know exactly how that's going to look, but I appreciate cool. what they do.
0: Very cool. Yeah, I feel definitely called to do do their course, do their courses. I guess they must have different modules and stuff, eh?
2: You should feel-
0: Oh, internet connection unstable. Yeah. Can you hear me now?
1: Yeah, you're frozen. Oh no. Uh. No, 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 Okay.
0: Oh, no. Yay. <laughs> All
1: right.
0: Um, yeah. No, I was just saying I feel called to to do their courses as well. So it's it's cool to uh, to hear your story and that it it really resonated with you as well, as well as Naomi. Yeah. Um, and then I I think I was reading somewhere that do you practice martial
1: arts? I have, but I don't. I don't actively practice, Hmm. but I did Taekwondo for a while when I was younger. And then within the past year, I did some Krav Maga also. Oh, cool. But I do my own uh, punching bag routine and kicks kick routine also.
0: Oh, maybe that's what I saw. You were like vigorously punching uh, the punching bag. (laughs)
1: <laughs> that stems from all the stuff that i that i did in the past and from learning how to punch a punching bag in a way that i wouldn't injure myself you know mm-hmm. <laughs> so i recommend yeah. if anyone out there is going to try to do that there are ways to do it where you might hurt yourself and there are ways to do it where you won't and definitely research that because right you
0: make sure it's yourself. safe you could hurt yourself yeah i just got into uh, brazilian jitsu. Nice. i've been doing it for the last few months and i find it's it's really helping me get into my body in a in a deeper way and kind of deal with difficult energies in, in a more effective way, perhaps. Mm. Um, yeah, that sort of rough and tumble play I didn't have much of as a child. I was more of like a choir boy. <laughs> and so it, it feels like very balancing for me to, to be getting into that.
2: Nice. And
0: that kind of leads into my next question about uh, the so-called darker sexual energy or darker energies. How do you manage those energies? And um, what what role do the darker energies play both in life in general and in the bedroom?
1: So that's an awesome topic. Uh, The first thing that comes up for me is wanting to clarify just what we mean by darker energies. Mm -hmm. Because some people will hear that and will think maybe we mean like spirits or attachment beings that will come on and latch on to people. Other people will hear that and think, bondage, BDSM, and that sort of thing. Right. Yeah. I assume, and those are both interesting topics. Right. I assume <laughs> you're talking more about the BDSM kind of thing and maybe impact play and tying people up and that kind of a thing.
0: Yeah. I'm definitely interested in, yeah, let's go there. Yeah.
1: Well, because I don't know how to talk about the other stuff so much. <laughs> I know.
0: Well, because I recently did like a mushroom, I went on a mushroom trip and I felt like an entity was like trying to attach itself to me, but I don't know anything about that. I've got like one friend who knows about it, so I'm going to ask her about it. But yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I'm like, what's happening? Ah. Yeah. I like lit some sage and then it like <laughs> seems to go away. <laughs>
1: totally. I mean, I used to delve into all that stuff until it, it got a little too deep and it freaked me out. And I was like, you yeah. know what? No, thanks. Exactly. Um, yeah, I think, I think
0: we have that power to be like, no, this is what I want instead. And um, there's, a, there's a practice in yoga called Ishta Devata, Personal Deity. Hmm. And if I ever feel whether it's a a human that's impinging upon my boundaries, or if it's an entity, I'll bring into my consciousness the image of a person who like is my guru one of my teachers. And it seems to repel those dark energies right away. It's amazing.
2: Hmm.
0: Yeah, just holding holding the image of somebody that that you look up to in your consciousness that that's a technique I learned in yoga. Hmm. so anyway right. so that's for the entities and then for, in terms of bdsm and stuff um <laughs> how, how does and then my my sort of secondary question is how does bdsm spanking these these types of more you know darker uh, sexual things can do they do they and how do they play a role in spirituality
1: hmm. oh that's so rich we could probably talk about that for a few hours and i feel like it has something to do with consciousness
0: and being present
1: yes Uh, In my experience, sacred sexuality can be anything that you bring presence and intention to, right? Because, like, what is it that makes something sacred? Um, Let's see, this, I don't know, this water could just be water, right? Or I could put intention into it while I drink it, and in doing so, like, I imbibe some sort of sacredness into the experience, right? Right. In the same way that like I could spank somebody with just like having a good time, which is fine and awesome. Or I could spank somebody while having a good time while also being fully present with them and connected to each other's hearts and connected to each other's, you know, spirits. And and that's going to have a totally different effect than if I'm just like grabbing somebody and hitting them without intention or presence Presence
0: Mm, intention and presence. I like those words. Um, You froze right at that moment. Oh yeah. (laughs) Present. (laughs) Um, I feel like, yeah. And, and so, yeah. So maybe giving that to ourselves first is a way to enable us to be more present for other people, whether it's a vanilla sex act or a more kinky sex act.
1: Totally. Because if we can't really be present with ourselves, it's going to be really hard for somebody else to trust us when we go into those more intensive, maybe BDSM realms of sexuality, right? Like we need to be really able to show up with ourselves before we're going to tie somebody down. Otherwise they're not going to feel safe and it's not going to be a safe interaction. Right. Why do you think us humans
0: are so kinky? (laughs) Where does it come from? Why do we like to tie people and spank people, and get tied up and spanked? Like, where does it come from? That
1: is a damn good question. <laughs> so funny. I don't know. Yeah, we are. And like, I think maybe a lot of it just comes from the societal taboo around everything. You know, it's like, oh, don't do that. Like, I remember when I first started experiencing anal sex, like it was, I was really excited about it. and really- Like being, being pegged by a woman? The dildo one, uh, well, penetrating a woman and also being pegged, also being pegged by my girlfriend, like it was exciting because it was this new thing and it was really hot and erotic. uh, Both of those acts for me, and then once they became sort of more normalized, that my excitement to pursue that specific act went down, and then it like came back to the desiring of connection. Interesting. And I'm not. Sh- I'm not saying that that's like the way all of those things work, but that's the way some of my kinks have worked. Like once I explore yes. them enough, I'm like, okay, what else do I want to play with?
0: Yes, that makes sense. And I was watching. A, I can't remember who it was with, but some a, a dominatrix from New York City, from Manhattan, and she said like by far the most of her clientele were these high powered men, you know, who, who were like CEOs of companies who were always managing people and always in that sort of alpha male position all day long. And then they want to experience the other side of the polarity and be dominated by, so I find that interesting. I totally. can could, could totally see how that could be. Like we want to experience the opposite of what we have to do all day long energetically.
1: For sure. And I bet that experience is, awesome for those people like i know for me like running my photography and video business and calling the shots and being really on point like i assume that role even though i'm not part of a large organization like i'm very directive and i'm very make shit happen Mm -hmm. and so to be in that position with my girlfriend where she's pegging me and entering me penetrating me like wow (laughs) (laughs) what a different experience that was and it Mm -hmm. it helped me relax and surrender in a way that I had not experienced before in sex. And it helped me have a lot more appreciation for what it's like to be penetrated. Mm -hmm. Um, And it just, it's opened me up, you know, it opened me up a lot and helped me get more in contact with my root. Very cool.
0: Cool. Okay. My next question, what are your thoughts on polyamory Uh, managing (laughs) sexuality so that it doesn't control you? um, And then how does like being in a polyamorous situation, and and managing your sexuality so it doesn't... How does that connect to the idea of sovereignty and personal power? That's
1: rich. (sighs) So I've been been exploring alternative relationship styles for three and a half plus years now, I would say, coming from serial monogamy before that. And... (laughs) They're amazing. Like It's amazing to be able to relate to somebody in a moment authentically and then relate to somebody else in a way and have everybody know about it and that be okay and celebrated. And conversely, have one of those people go and relate to another one of their partners. That's amazing. And it also can take a lot of energy to communicate you know, and to make sure everyone's okay all the time. And then I think to the point that you were talking about, the energetic management of that, like if you are somebody who's polyamorous, if you are somebody who's operating in an open relationship style structure, a danger of that is that anything is a possibility, anybody is a possibility, right? So a danger in that is like you might always have your eyes open for the next connection or that next uh, fling or whatever that could look like, you know.
2: Mm.
1: And that that is a very solid and sovereign and content with where i am and if a connection comes up from that place then i could explore that but it's different from this sort of seeking mentality that i found myself in before and i see a lot of people who are in open relationships doing
0: you just cut out a tiny little bit but from the from the part from the piece on the polyamory and 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 the sovereignty are you what i heard you say before it cut out was like making sure you're not looking around too much and having a practice that keeps you grounded and content in the moment so that you're not always like just seeking like an addict for the next connection. Is that totally okay. Yeah,
1: that's basically it because if you are in an open scenario, like, technically you could connect with anybody you wanted to connect with. And there are a fuck ton of people out there. Yeah. Constantly be like swiping on Tinder, constantly swiping on Bumble or whatever those apps are constantly looking for those people.
0: Oh, I've totally been in that situation before. Me too. Yeah. And I've had to like, if I go onto any of those apps, I like set a time and then I have to like delete it from my phone. Otherwise I know I'll be checking like all day long. Ooh, I got another cap. I got another thing or this, you know? So, uh, what, what, uh, what techniques do you have or like, what do you do to keep boundaries around all of this?
1: Well, that's part of my fast right now on relationships <laughs> as I'm not going to get on Tinder or Bumble or any of those things until September. Cool. And I think, you know, it ebbs and flows. Like when I broke up, when my partner and I broke up back in February, I went through this period of having a lot of sexual connections with a lot of people and it was awesome. And it really fueled that part of me. And then eventually I realized that I was doing that sexual seeking behavior, Mm. you know, over time. I wasn't at first, but it turned into that. And I think people could feel that, but I was swiping on Tinder and I constantly had my eyes out
2: Mm. and
1: it hit me at one point, like, holy shit, Taylor, you're spending a lot of your energy outwardly focused looking for that next thing. Like, how about, how about you draw it in? So one thing that I found really helpful for that is a regular practice. And starting my day every day, instead of looking at my phone with a sexual Qigong practice to build my energy and remind myself that, hey, you're a sovereign, powerful being. And you don't need anybody else to be content. Right. That, like, that sets the stage for my whole day.
0: So say Taylor is like about to go to bed and then he gets a craving to go on Tinder, but he, he's doing the fast. What would he do in that situation?
1: That's awesome and that's part of day two of my semen retention program actually this exact topic which is like it's creating a plan of action like i would i would i have agreements with myself for what i'm going to do if i get that hook to to do certain things like if i get a hook to look at porn or if i get a hook to get on tinder or anything like that i drop in and do some sort of somatic practice so either that's 20 push-ups or either that's 50 jumping jacks or turning my phone off and doing plank pose for a couple minutes or as long as I can. Mm -hmm. And then every time so far without fail, if I interrupt that pattern with a pre-agreed upon plan with myself and do something physically embodied, that desire or that hook is gone afterwards.
0: Cool. That's been my experience too. Yeah. And it usually has to, it can't just be like I'm gonna just sit in lotus pose and do vipassana. That doesn't work for no. me. It has to be something physical. <laughs> yeah, definitely.
1: Physical is yeah. spiritual.
0: Yes, physical and spiritual connected. Yes. Yeah. Um, okay, I just have three more questions for you before you have to Great. go. Um, for you, how does sexual transmutation work? Do
1: mm-hmm.
0: you practice that? Oh, you mm-hmm. do because you do tantra and yeah,
1: yeah. So. Another possible hour-long topic. Um, mm-hmm. There are practical ways to do that, and there are more esoteric ways to do that. And I, I like both. So again, a practical example of that would be if I'm going to self-pleasure, um, self-pleasure, don't ejaculate, and then do a little bit of Qigong or do a little bit of breath work to integrate that energy in my body and then go out into the world and do whatever it is that I was going to do anyway. And then I will be imbibed with that energy that I've generated during self-pleasuring. Can you share with a little do you do that like every day? No, I don't, I don't intentionally do that every day. But uh-huh. I would also say that my morning practice is in part sexual energy transmutation. Because I'm in oh. part of that, I'm squeezing my testicles and running hands up from my genitals to my heart right. and creating some sexual energy. So there's a little bit of transmutation going on there. And like mm-hmm. my my understanding of the idea of transmutation is you're basically taking energy and you cut out. And just say that one sorry one more time, the, the last ten to something else. You know, so yes. I'm taking that energy. Sorry, you I cut out. Broke but up. So yeah, my <laughs> my basic understanding of transmutation and how I've experienced it is that I take one form of energy that's generated and that could be aroused sexual energy and then literally just transform it into something else. And that transformation process is like imbibing or integrating into my body through some somatic practice, and then literally going and doing anything else. It's not like I shoot my fingers at my computer and it does more work for me, you know? Right. (laughs) I bring that charged presence to whatever it is that I'm doing. It could be a meeting, or it could be riding my bike, you know, or it could be a business phone call or whatever. And, yeah.
0: Yeah. Would you say that part of sexual trans, because I'm still just unpacking it and learning about it myself, is it, would you say part of it is instead of just shooting your energy out of the penis, it's about cultivating more inner pathways for that energy to flow and become more refined so that you can enjoy it more and so that it's more sustainable rather than just like ejaculating your life force, you know, out of your body and, and, and feeling low energy after? Yes.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yes, uh, I like the analogy of a hose or I guess an electrical wire um let's use the analogy of a hose, like our body can only hold so much energy at any given point, right, mm-hmm. similar to if we have a small water hose. Um, you can only fit so much water through it at once. You can, you know, only so many gallons per minute. And if you try to put a lot more energy or water through that, it's going to burst or spring a leak. Or in the case of somebody with a penis, go out through ejaculation. So part of the idea with these practices is to increase the diameter of that hose or the gauge of that wire so more energy can just exist there with less pressure. So it doesn't have to leave through ejaculation. That makes total sense. Very cool.
0: How often would you recommend, like how often do you ejaculate?
1: Well, in the middle of this 30-day thing that I'm doing right now, not until July, but (laughs) in general, um, not until July for me right now. So I'm I'm not ejaculating from the beginning of June until July 1st, just as another experiment. Nice. Um, Generally, I would say, I go anywhere between 10 to 14 days. I've found that that works really well for me. And if I go longer than that, I have to be doing pretty intensive daily practice in order to manage those energies in my body so I can function. (laughs) Because otherwise (laughs) you're like too horny and excited. Yeah, and I go into that seeking behavior, you know? Right. If I'm not doing intensive daily practice, like right now I'm doing at least 15 minutes of Qigong every day and at least 20 minutes of meditation every day. And some other just physical exercise every day, you know, which is a fair amount. Um,
0: do you do anything part- like the big draw or like the testicle tapping or the pull the jelking like that you see in like Taoist, Taoist energy work?
1: I do something similar to the big draw. Yeah. And that's part of my morning practice, too. When I'm doing the, the reaching the energy up, I'm also squeezing my butt and my genitals and my legs and visualizing the energy moving through my body as well
0: very cool
1: try to integrate these these practices into my daily life and i'll even do that when i'm at the grocery store you know if i see somebody who i'm really attracted to and i feel that spark inside me sometimes instead of going to them and pursuing them i'll just do a deep breath squeeze my genitals breathe it up to my heart and enjoy the sizzle that comes from that you know And and then put the apples in my basket and then keep going
0: yeah, I one of my teachers was saying, like, squeeze, squeeze the anus, sex organ, navel, as if you're massaging your own genitals. Yeah. And it, it is very, it's like part of that sovereignty piece to be able to satisfy yourself so that you feel content. So, yeah, you don't have to, like, you know, pursue some, you don't, you can choose. It's like going from compulsion to consciousness. And I feel like part of that journey is cultivating our ability to feel pleasure in the body and own
1: that. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah, I love that line that you just said, from compulsion to consciousness. Because so much of what we do until you bring awareness to it is just operating on these programs that society has given us, you know, and the programs that we've gotten into over time. And a lot of that stuff doesn't actually serve us and serve what we're trying to do in the world. So, right. Compulsion to consciousness.
0: Yay. <laughs> awesome, man. Well, I think that's a great way to, to leave off uh, the conversation. I know you have to head off I really appreciate your time and speaking with you today. And uh, again, where do people go to sign up for your five day course once it's, uh, once it's out.
1: Awesome. So if you go to www.taylorjohnson.life, there'll be a link on the, under the courses section. You can also go to that and www.taylorjohnson.life forward slash semen retention challenge. But, actually just go to my website there'll be a link there it'll be easy to find
0: awesome we'll put that below for all the platforms that this gets released on thank you taylor
1: yeah thank you so much it's awesome to meet you man it's nice to put a face to the digital profile <laughs> you as well cool. you as well keep in touch well do thank yeah. you have a great afternoon thanks man you too and good luck with your naked men's yoga workshop you. <laughs> it's naked women tonight oh naked women all right <laughs> cool i hope that goes awesome See thanks you so much thank you
0: Thank you so much again for tuning in to the Urban Yogi podcast, and thank you to Taylor Johnson for being on the show today. And again, go over to his website, www.taylorjohnson.life, and learn more about butt plugs. Sign up for his semen retention challenge, which will be coming out in a couple weeks. Uh, He's a really great guy, and I really believe in what he's up to. Have a beautiful week, yogis. Namaste.
2: sti Mouc,
3: Actually, who are you not to be? Your playing small does not serve the world. There's nothing enlightened about shrinking so that other people will feel insecure around you. You're all meant to shine as children do. We are born to make manifest the glory that is within us. It is not just in some of us, it is in everyone. And as we let our own light shine, we unconsciously give other people permission to do the same. As we are liberated from our own fear, Our presence automatically liberates others May the long time